I have three questions for you football fans. Who's your 2014 NFL MVP? Is Andy Dalton finally ready for primetime this week? And don't you believe in Dominican Sue that he stepped on Aaron Rodgers and his foot was cold and numb and didn't even know it? This is Adeshina Koike, and you're listening to a playoff edition of Down and Distance on a lot of sports talk. And we welcome you once again to Down and Distance on a lot of sports talk. The playoffs are finally here. And my name is Adeshina Koiki. Thank you so very much for joining us. And thank you for your patience as well. It's been a few weeks uh, since we have been back, uh, since we have been on, excuse me, here on a lot of sports talk with Down and Distance talking the National Football League and the play of players and teams in the National Football League. And joining me is my hostess with the mostest. I got it right this time. Holly Culbertson joining me once again. Are you ready for play? football i'm ready for playoff football yes and before we get to talk about the nfl playoffs we do have to look back at some of the things that did happen uh in the uh, 2014 season i did mention that we're we wanted to ask you who's your 2014 nfl mvp and some other things in the national football league as well and usually sometimes you go back to what you thought about in august or september before the season started so i personally can look back to my san diego chargers and chicago bears super bowl prediction um, that i made in august which uh that's just yeah yeah you can tell that didn't work out i was well. about to say you can tell why holly is laughing that um, did not work yeah out but well. some things you and know, you know back in august Emmanuel and I told you that wasn't going to happen. Yes, I did not listen to the words from the wise. Uh, But what I did say in August was that the San Francisco 49ers were not going to make the playoffs. And that is something that did happen. Uh, Well, the 49ers did not make the playoffs, obviously. And, of course, Jim Harbaugh is no longer a 49er. um, Mm -hmm. As he's now back uh, home, quote-unquote, at the University of Michigan, the school where uh, he played his collegiate football. So some... Predictions don't work out. Some predictions do work out. I know um, one prediction that you did have um, at least for one month of the season, which is the month that just passed in December. I know you believe that the Dallas Cowboys uh, were not going to be a team Mm -hmm. to come through in the clutch, and the Cowboys did. Yes, they did. They proved me wrong. They did. Proved me wrong. Uh, On a scale of 1 to 10, how surprised are you and were you that the Dallas Cowboys came through? I'm very surprised. I I would say a 9 out of 10. I was so surprised. I was like, wow, Romo, where'd you come from in December? (laughs) Um, I was very surprised because you, but, you know, even with Romo's injuries, he's got an amazing team around him. And I think that's what made the difference this year. Yeah, the offensive line has been great. DeMarco Murray, Murray. over 1,800 yards. He's insane. (laughs) The Dallas side did come through and... Tony Romo and DeMarco Murray are two of the players that are in serious consideration for the 2014 uh, National Football League MVP. And I think it's a perfect time to talk about it now because all of the horses are now in the stable, all 16 games played uh, this season. So we can totally look at the full 100% complete resumes of each of the players. And I did uh, make a list of 11 players uh, that are probably going to be in consideration for the NFL MVP. Uh, some are stretches, and some are definitely front runners. And I know one player that you loved uh, throughout the season and played against the Bills uh, this season had an interception return for a touchdown. Uh, J.J. Watt of the uh, Houston Texans, two 
20 sack seasons in his career. He had 20 and a half uh, this season. Five touchdowns, three on offense as well. And uh, the last player to win MVP of the National Football League was, I believe, Lawrence Taylor. Um, Is J.J. Watt not only an MVP candidate, but do you think he's a player that can win and should win an MVP this year, given everybody else on offense doing so well? I think he should win. Um, well, you know me, I'm a defensive girl, so I kind of root for the defense, but he, he's in my top three. Uh, matter of fact, he's my number one pick to win the MVP. Um, do I think he's going to get it? No. Mm-hmm. Um, one, because he was on a losing team, unfortunately. Um, well, the Texans were nine and seven. If if the Browns had lost. Right. No, I meant when I'm I say losing, losing team, not making playoffs. So, you know, and most MVPs that win, they, their teams are in the playoffs. So I, I just don't see J.J. Watt winning it. But I do think he should win it. I think he deserves to win it. He's an, a beast on defense, and he's a beast on offense. I mean, a player that can switch over that quickly from one play playing defense and then turn around and play on the offense and score a touchdown within a matter of three minutes, I mean, that's... That's an incredible football player, and that should be recognized. But I don't think he's going to yeah. get it. Um, let me ask you then. You mentioned how MVP candidates and MVP winners are players that help to lead their mm-hmm. teams to the playoffs. And as mm-hmm. I mentioned, if the Ravens had lost uh, in Week uh, 17 against the Cleveland Browns, and I believe the Ravens went into the fourth quarter losing against Cleveland, they did. if the Browns had held on and the Texans had made the playoffs, even though they would have been the sixth seed, not in your poll, but in terms of the MVP voters, if the Texans had made the playoffs, you said you don't think he would win the MVP as it stands now. If the Texans had made the playoffs, do you think that would have I think it would have I, I think it would have upped upped his ante as far as getting the MVP. Um I I don't believe with the other people that are in line to get MVP, he still would have gotten it. Okay. I, I just don't. I, I think Aaron Rodgers is pretty much a a lock. A lock. <laughs> right. uh, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, 38 touchdowns, only five interceptions on the year, 66% completion percentage. Uh, one came, of those interceptions came against the Bills, One of those interceptions came against the New Orleans Saints on a Sunday night game, but five interceptions yep. in 16 games is just utterly unreal. It's, um, yeah, and, amazing. And the way he played in the last game of the season against the Detroit Lions. Winner wins the division, gets a bye week. The loser has to go on the road and play a road playoff game. And Aaron Rodgers was hurt, had his calf injury, had to fight through it because the Packers had to win that mm-hmm. game to get a week off. If the Packers had won that re-injured. game... Yeah, re-injured. And Sue just he just wasn't aware of his surroundings. That's all. That's all. <laughs> right? Um, I guess we'll talk about that a little bit. Later. Uh, but I... With that was the perfect way to possibly put a signature on an MVP season. Have mm-hmm. to win a game to get a bye. You get hurt in the game. There's a possibility you may not play the rest of the game. You get carted off the field. Mm-hmm. You walk back on. You're limping all over, but you lead your team to victory. Mm-hmm. It almost seemed like the perfect way to cap and put a cherry on top a yes. possible MVP campaign. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers deserves it. He's a great quarterback. He's, you know... I- Anything and everything I've ever heard about this guy, you see him in interviews, you hear other players talk about him. He's, he's got a lot of respect in the NFL amongst all the players. He's just a good guy. So if anybody deserves it, it is Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion. He, it, five interceptions all year, that's, a, that's amazing. Yeah. 
So, I, yeah, he's a lock. You know, you know one, of the, uh, one of the fourth down questions that I wanted to ask you that we never uh, got a chance to do um, was Aaron Rodgers and having a season in which he would throw 40-plus touchdowns with five or fewer picks. That hasn't happened um, in the National Football League. And the closest uh, quarterback, and the quarterback that came the closest to doing it was Aaron Rodgers during his MVP year. He had 45 touchdowns, six interceptions. He was just two touchdowns away from mm-hmm. pulling off a 40-plus touchdown, five or we fewer interceptions. We can just go, go back to the Bills game because he didn't throw a touchdown through that yeah, whole game. Well, yeah. That's one of the reasons he didn't get to four touchdowns. Yes. yes. And that's one of the reasons why he got to a fifth yeah. uh, interception. Yeah. <laughs> the Bills. And, uh, you know, one of the things that might uh, hurt Aaron Rodgers um, in terms of his MVP candidacy, uh, he did well in the second game against the Lions, but the first game against the Lions yeah. didn't do so well. The Bills sure. game, he didn't do so well. Uh, he played, I believe, the um, Atlanta Falcons uh, during the season. The schedule wasn't the hardest, but you have to play the teams on your schedule, obviously. He played the AFC East, so he had games against the Dolphins, games against the Jets. Patriots. Uh, Patriots as well. He did well against the Patriots. He did. Uh, so uh, there's there are some uh, stats that he put up against teams that – just didn't have good defenses. Uh, so, uh, Chicago Bears. Yeah. Uh, twice. Twice. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's um, might be against Aaron Rodgers in terms of his MVP candidacy. But, again, you have to play the teams on your schedule. And Aaron Rodgers uh, just absolutely lit up the uh, National Football League. And speaking of quarterbacks, uh, he's probably right now the gold standard of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And at one point, and some people may still believe it's still the case. You have Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Uh, yes, you are rolling your eyes. I can see it. All right. The audience can't. But um, Tom Brady <laughs> and Peyton Manning at one point were the gold standard of quarterback play. And again, as I said, some Peyton Manning supporters and Tom Brady supporters may say, no, that's still the case, uh, that they are still the uh, gold mm-hmm. standard. Uh, Tom Brady. Over forty, over four thousand yards, forty one hundred yards, only nine interceptions, thirty three touchdowns. The Patriots, at one point, I believe, were two and two after that Monday Night Football loss against the Kansas City Chiefs, demolition at the hands of the oh, Kansas City Chiefs. Great. And I think, and the Hounds started to pour in. Oh, in yeah. oh, is this the end of the road? Is this the end of the dynasty? And I know yeah. you had wanted to think that, and but I know, it wasn't. and I, and I just. Again, I have to see Rome collapse before I believe Rome collapses. Right. So the Patriots... I, do, I still do think, I mean, the Patriots have had an amazing year, sadly. <laughs> um, yes, yes, fans, if you hadn't figured that out, I hate them. Anyway, um, <laughs> but they have had a really good year. Um, I do think they're going to make the ball. Sadly. Again, you know, <laughs> you could possibly reconsider once the right. playoffs we'll start. We'll, so. right. This will be my prediction before the playoffs. Okay, All right. No so I do think that I think we're going to see Green Bay and New England as the Super Bowl picks. But anyway, um, they've had a great year. But, it, you know, Brady is getting older. Same with Peyton Manning. They're both getting older. The, their time is limited. Um, you're already seeing the cracks in Peyton Manning. You're seeing cracks in that gold standard. Brady still has it. Without a doubt, but minor cracks with Tom Brady. There's minor cracks. Peyton Manning. There's bigger cracks. So you know they. I. You're right. Aaron Rodgers is the gold standard. Russell Wilson, another one, gold standard co- coming up. You know, in in the ranks. Um, he's another one that I think should be a huge candidate for MVP. He brought his team back from a losing season to. 
they're, they're unstoppable right now, so we'll, we'll see how that plays yeah. out. Yeah, the Seahawks uh, uh, yeah. didn't have a good start. To no, them, and, and now look up. at them. So, you know, there's great quarterbacks in, in the NFL, and a lot of them just kind of get looked over because of Manning and Brady. And it's it's kind of time to move on. Yeah, uh, it's you, time to move you, on. You mentioned some of the cracks in uh, Peyton Manning's yeah. armor. He did throw thirty nine touchdowns, yep. forty seven hundred yards, but a number that you don't usually see next to Peyton Manning: fifteen interceptions. Yeah, uh, he got intercepted a lot this year. Yeah, he did fifteen picks, and a lot of those uh, footballs. And I know Peyton Manning uh, kind of bristles at it, but a lot of those footballs that he throws are not the tightest of spirals mm-hmm, and, not anymore. Yeah, not and anymore. they they hang it. They Man, hang Respect for Peyton. Man, respect for Peyton Manning. He's Absolutely. going down as one of the best quarterbacks ever in the NFL, but it's cracking. Yeah, man. It does help for the Denver Broncos cause oh, yeah. that they now have a running game, a consistent running game. Yes. C.J. Anderson uh, out of Cal has really uh, stepped up. So we talk about Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, a couple of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. You did mention Russell Wilson. We'll mm-hmm. get to him in a second, but I do want to bring up another Super Bowl winning quarterback in uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, who earlier on in the season against the Colts and the Ravens threw six touchdowns against both of those teams in back-to-back weeks, the first player in NFL history to throw six-plus touchdowns or six touchdowns in a game in back-to-back weeks. Uh, Nine interceptions, 32 touchdowns. His completion percentage was 67%. That's something you don't see Mm -hmm. usually with Ben Roethlisberger. Of course, he keeps plays alive with his feet as well. And as much as you possibly want to talk about his off-field transgressions, he is probably the toughest quarterback in the National Football League. So Ben Roethlisberger definitely uh, deserves uh, consideration as well, and the Steelers won the Just when you think he's down, he he just bounces back. Like, out of the blue? Yeah, I saw both those games, and it's like, whoa. You know? Yeah, he's a good quarterback. Uh, I'll give him that. That, And I'll leave it at that. (laughs) And you leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Okay, and Ben Roethlisberger is... Part of a duo, and if you want to consider a wide receiver, a trio of players with, mm-hmm. for the Pittsburgh Steelers that warrant MVP candidacy. Le'Veon Bell, the running back for the Pittsburgh he's Steelers. Hurt. You can, he's hurt now. Of course, he got hurt in the uh, regular season finale mm-hmm. against the Cincinnati Bengals. Hyperextended his knee on a hit by Reggie Nelson. But Le'Veon Bell, over 1,300 yards Amazing rushing. season. 83 catches. For almost 900 yards, uh, 11 total touchdowns. Those are numbers that Roger Craig of the 49ers and Marshall Falk put up. 1,000 yards rushing, 1,000 yards receiving. Like You rarely see that. Now, Bell didn't get to 1,000 yards receiving, but almost 900 uh, as well to go along with his 1,300 yards. He lost weight uh, before the season started. I uh, gave up his mom's good cooking. He told me every season to lose a little bit of weight. Uh, so, um, but he did an amazing job this season. And you could say that Ben Roethlisberger's candidacy is kind of based on Le'Veon Bell becoming Agreed. one of the best running backs um, in the uh, AFC, as well as Antonio Brown. Oh, who, not that good one. Yeah, a great wide receiver. Um, mm-hmm. He's returned a punt for a touchdown as well. So, uh, do you think that with the Steelers, you have Bell, you have Antonio Brown, you have Ben Roethlisberger. And in these cases, when you have multiple MVP candidates on the same team, does it kind of take away from both one or the other? I think it does. Um, I don't think Ben would have had the success he had if it wasn't for those you know, two players, especially Brown. Uh, or I'm sorry, Bell. Um, he just blew up the scene this year. Blew it up. And, oh, talented player, talented player. And because of his talent, 
he made Roethlisberger look really good this year, too. Not taking anything away from Big Ben, but, you know, if he didn't have Bell, would he have the numbers that he has? Yeah. You know, would he have been as successful if he didn't have Bell? Um, I don't think he would have. Mm-hmm. So Bell, again, should be in the running, but I don't think, again, don't think he's going to get it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of teammates <laughs> that are in the MVP debate, we go south, way south, uh, to uh, Dallas, Texas, with uh, the NFC East champions, the Dallas Cowboys, a uh, uh, result that you definitely predicted, the Cowboys winning the NFC. Well, I, you didn't have No one predicted it. Except for people in, in the, Dallas. Uh, Yes, yeah. the Metroplex, the yeah. Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. No one did. Yeah. Uh, Tony Romo and DeMarco Murray were absolutely outstanding. Tony mm-hmm. Romo, usually in December, that's not his best month, but mm-hmm. he really came through in the month of December. DeMarco Murray set up the Cowboys to have a good December with a 2,000-yard rushing pace for the first seven, eight weeks of the season. So those are another pair of teammates uh, that are in the running for the MVP candidacy. Uh, does one stand out for you more than the other in terms of Tony Romo and DeMarco Murray? All right, well, the, well Murray stands out more just because of how he played this season and how well he ran, and he gave Tony Romo much, much more space, much you know, much needed space because he's playing injured all year. Um, to- Romo was my third pick for MVP because he's played injured all year and he has brought this team through all the way through the December, which nobody, <laughs> you know, he, he broke the, the whole stereotype image of him that he chokes in December. I think the fact that Romo played her all year pretty much with the back, um, but I think Murray deserves more of the credit because he gave Romo a run game which they never, they never had before. So it took some pressure off Romo. So do I think Romo would be more of a candidate for MVP? Yes, because that's how the NFL picks the MVPs. Though I do believe Murray should be more in the running just because he gave Romo that avenue to, to win. If you could possibly give... Uh quarter MVP of an offensive line, <laughs> that, that it would they, be to the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. Their, offensive their offensive line was ridiculous. Yeah. Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, the first round pick uh, out of uh, And nobody Dame. thought that offensive line would be this good this year. Oh, nobody did. Thought. I mean, it is shades of the early to mid-90s yeah, it is. Dallas Cowboys. Marks it reminds me a lot of the 90s yes. uh, uh, Cowboys a lot. Yes, and uh, the Dallas Cowboys just powered their way through December, winning the NFC East, winning at Philadelphia uh, to pretty much uh, stake the claim to the NFC East championship. The Washington football team did help in defeating Philadelphia the week after that on a Saturday, which pretty much uh, put the Eagles away. The Eagles mm-hmm. went from 9-3 and three and in a commanding position mm-hmm. to 9-6 and six and being eliminated from playoff contention before Week 17. So that was surprising. But again, the Dallas Cowboys uh, did their job, and Tony Romo and DeMarco Murray were two of the players that uh, spearheaded the Cowboys' attacks. Another pair of teammates that spearheaded a an attack in the second half of the season go all the way to the great northwest and the seattle seahawks the defending super bowl champions and russell wilson and marshawn lynch once again on offense and this isn't really the most dynamic offense in the world you Mm -hmm. think about the defense more when you talk about the seattle seahawks but russell wilson you mentioned earlier when you were talking about aaron Rodgers and some of the gold standard of quarterbacking play russell wilson is not your typical prototypical Pocket quarterback, no, uh, like an Aaron Rodgers, although he can move as well. He he's the future. 
of quarterbacks in the NFL. The way Russell Wilson plays, I see is the future of quarterbacks in the NFL, and it works. Yeah, it works. Um, <laughs> the future of NFL quarterbacks include quarterbacks that are five foot eleven. Well, Russell no, Wilson. no, probably not. But you know, for somebody that is that short for a quarter, and that is short for a quarterback. Um, he's had to play that way, but it's successful. So I think other quarterbacks could should follow that type of play if it works for their team. Um, Marshawn Lynch, well, you know, former Bill, love me some Marshawn, but I don't think he's a good candidate for the MVP just because his attitude is really bad. But what about his play? Plays great. Do you vote on attitude? You personally? Personally? Kinda. I mean, I know you talked about Aaron Rodgers and how he was a he's well respected. Well, I think I think the NFL does kind of play on attitude, and Marshawn Lynch has got a bad boy rep, and you know, rightly so, rightly so. I mean, he's an amazing player, amazing running back. I was furious when the Bills let him go. I was like, "What are you doing?" (laughs) (laughs) And he's done very, very well in Seattle, um, and he's somebody that gives Russell Wilson many opportunities, you know, to win games. But he won't get it. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> no but uh, Russell Wilson definitely in the running. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Lynch, because it's hard to not think about the Seahawks and not think about what happened a couple of weeks ago with Marshawn Lynch's playoff-type run once again against Arizona, just knocking Patrick Peterson and other people over. Over. And going that was into the amazing the run. And, 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 and in a way... The reason why I think Marshawn Lynch is in this discussion is as much as the defense is great and as much as Russell Wilson has done his thing, Marshawn Lynch pretty much is the attitude of the Seahawks. He is the person that really is and sets the tempo and sets the mood for the Seahawks. When Marshawn Lynch is going, it almost seems as if the Seahawks are unstoppable. And I think Agreed. more than anybody I else, agree. he's the person that gets that wheel started. It gets right. that wheel turning and that attitude and that mindset set for the Seahawks. When you see a run like that, oh, the other 52 players on the sideline oh, went right. to a wall. Yeah, they, they went nuts. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw it. It was great. I mean, and I agree with you. He does, you know, and he, you know, I've heard, He's a great leader on that team, too. I've heard a lot, you know, seen interviews, and especially after Lynch got fined for not talking to the media, there was all these interviews, and they're like, they're being hard on him. He's a great leader. He's great in the locker room. We all respect him. He just doesn't like talking to the media, (laughs) you know. But, you know, I think he is a, a great asset to that team. I think he's, you know, the other... 51 players around him love him, and but that doesn't make him loved by the NFL. So... That that's the problem with Marshawn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, going back to Russell Wilson really quick. Uh, thirty-four hundred yards passing, thirty-four seventy-five uh, on the season. Only through seven picks. Twenty touchdowns is not a huge number, no. but he makes up for it uh, with his rushing stats. Eight hundred and forty-nine mm-hmm. rushing yards. He averages seven point two yards per carry. Uh, Pretty good. Which I believe, off the top of my head, I believe that's number one in the National Football League. But I think because he correct. definitely qualifies because he has almost nine hundred yeah, yards I believe, of rushing. Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah, seven point two um, yards per carry. Yeah, he's a great rushing quarterback. Yeah. And speaking of uh, quarterbacks, one other quarterback that we do want to mention, the last player, which uh, we will uh, talk about a little bit more during the uh, prediction segment, because. Uh, his team is playing in the playoffs and playing at home against the Bengals, the Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck. And the reason I put him in the list is without Andrew Luck, the Colts are probably a three win team. Mm, if that's agreed. Um, agreed. Over 4,700 yards, 40 touchdowns on the year, 16 interceptions uh, with 
Andrew Luck is asked to do essentially everything. On Which is unfair. Indianapolis. <laughs> it's completely run, unfair. Because they run game with uh, yeah. Vic Ballard being hurt before the season started towards Achilles. Trent Richardson is turning into one of the biggest busts in uh, yeah. recent NFL history. The running back out of yeah. Alabama. Uh, they've had to run Boom Heron, the second-year player, I believe, out of Ohio State. He's been the uh, main bell cow for the Colts in the run game, but the run game hasn't done too much, and it's Andrew Luck just dropping back and just firing to T.Y. Hilton, Hakeem Nix, Reggie Wayne, Dwayne Allen, Kobe Fleener. He does have great receivers in tight ends. He does. But Andrew Luck is asked to do so much, and that's part of the reason why I think he's an MVP candidate as well. Uh, I can't disagree with you on that. I mean, again, I don't think he'll get it. No. Um, He is a great quarterback. Um, Unfortunately, he doesn't have, I mean, like you said, he has great receivers and tight ends, but he doesn't have a running game. The defense of India is eh. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> You're being nice to Indy. Yeah, I am being nice to Indy. <laughs> it's a defense. Uh, it's a defense, yeah. I, you know, he is a great quarterback, um, won't win MVP. I don't think, honestly, I don't even, yes, he's done a lot for the team, but I don't, and he's had a decent season, but kind of like Peyton Manning, nothing super spectacular. There's, there's some cracks there, but I think it's because he has to do so much because he doesn't have anything else supporting him. So, you know, Indy, go get a run game. Yeah. So help, help, help your dude out. <laughs> yes, and it doesn't hurt Andrew Luck that um, he's in a division where you play the Houston Texans, Texans. twice, the t- Tennessee Titans twice, right. and the Jacksonville Jaguars twice. Right. Uh, that, yeah, that, South, so yeah. you can pad yeah. your stats. So that's our talk about the NFL MVP. And what we are going to do now is we're going to have a live vote um, and – in front of Holly and in front of myself are pieces of paper, and they are labeled three and two on one side, and on the other side is labeled number one. So what we're going to do now is have a live vote. I'm going to vote for my top three, and Holly's going to vote for her top three, and then we're going to pass the papers off to each other, and then it's going to be revealed who Holly thinks is going to be the MVP and who I think... Well, actually, her Holly's MVP and my MVP, not what we think... The voters will think, if we were voters for the MVP, who would we vote for the NFL MVP? So we are literally doing this right now, uh, voting for the 2014 uh, down and distance MVP in the National Football League. So I'm writing in number one, and um, now I'm turning it around and writing number two and number three. I think Holly had hers uh, top three list somewhat ready uh, right before the show. I definitely did not have it ready because I just thought about this idea on the way over uh, to um, <laughs> to be here. But um, all right. So I'm going to right now. Actually, let me scratch that. Um, I am ready to go. So please pass over the blank portion of the page in oh. front of me. Okay. Sorry, my number one isn't in the right spot. <laughs> oh, don't worry it's about it. Don't worry there. about okay. it. So, no problem. All so, right. I'm going, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, I'm going to reveal Holly's top three. And you have Tony Romo third. Um, you have Aaron Rodgers second, which is kind of surprising because I would have thought that you would have had Aaron Rodgers number one. And hey. then. That's what I think the NFL is going to do. That's what you think the NFL is going to do. So I'm so. I want. All right. No problem. I'm happy (laughs) about that. So when you uh, turn over mine, you turn it over. You don't flip it over. You just turn it. Yeah, exactly. So, and your number one is 
JJ Swat. <laughs> <laughs> right? So that is Holly's uh, MVP. Yep. Um, and now you can go over. Okay. Um, you have picked Russell Wilson third. I did. JJ Watt second. And Tony Romo, number one. I'm a little surprised by this. I am too. I'm a little I'm surprised, surprised by this. that I picked Tony Romo. I'm really surprised by this. I figured you'd have Aaron there. Uh, you know. Aaron Rodgers almost spoils me. <laughs> so, and I tweeted a few weeks ago during the Atlanta Falcons game that it's not just that Aaron Rodgers is going to win MVP, but it's just the distance he's putting on everybody else with the performances that he had. And then I wanted to take a look a little bit further at some of the quarterbacks and some of the MVP candidates. And the December that the Cowboys had and the December that Tony Romo had, because we were expecting, a lot of people were expecting mm-hmm. – once again, the Tony Romo in December, and it's not going to happen again. But two things swayed me to pick Tony Romo. One was the Washington Monday night game in which the Cowboys lost and then had to play Arizona mm-hmm. without Tony Romo, and the Cowboys looked lost. They did. Absolutely lost. They did. And maybe it's unfair to some of the other MVP candidates because a lot of them played 15, 16 games. And you could have easily said, well, if any of those players missed a game, if Andrew Luck missed a game or two for the Colts, <laughs> you don't think the Colts would necessarily do well. No. Um, and maybe it's a little unfair to judge the MVP candidacy part on what happened when Tony Romo wasn't there even though other players were there throughout. Um, But as I said, Aaron Rodgers spoils me a little bit. And Tony Romo, and that's not any fault of Aaron Rodgers, Mm -hmm. um, but this season I just really thought that Tony Romo, and he's had really good seasons before, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe not the best of Decembers within those good seasons, but he's had good seasons. This season he has been the most consistent he has ever been. The Cowboys shared the best record in the NFC with Seattle, with Green Bay. They beat Seattle in Seattle, and Tony mm-hmm. Romo was great in that game. Um, I, for some reason, was really swayed by the Cowboys' performances when he wasn't there and by his December. Um, and as much as DeMarco Murray set up the Cowboys to be in good position, mm-hmm. what really pushed the Cowboys to the finish line was the player Tony Romo at the very end. And given that the Cowboys shared the best record in the National Football League at 12-4, and four, that swayed me. Because Tony Romo didn't really oh. have a bad game all year. His, his worst game probably came in week one. Yeah, it was, yeah it was his worst yeah. game. So, no, yeah. I don't disagree with what you said. I just kind of shocked. <laughs> well, we yeah. both had Tony Romo in the top yeah. three, though. We did. So we did. it's not as if uh, we both didn't think that Tony Romo was hmm. such a – Integral factor in the Cowboys doing well. So those are MVP candidates. And uh, you have J.J. Watt number one. I have Tony Romo number one. So according to this, someone in the Lone Star state of Texas is going to win the MVP. (laughs) We'll see what happens. So um, that is our first down segment here on Down and Distance. This is the second down segment on our playoff edition of Down and Distance on a lot of sports talk. Now, if you work in show business or you're on the air or on live television, you'll know that not everything scheduled goes off as planned. Now, we did have a couple of interviews 
booked and lined up with distinguished former NFL players, but those interviews actually fell through during the middle of the week. But that doesn't mean that we don't have an interview for you on the second down segment. We will get to that in just a moment. We had one of the leading candidates for the 2014 NFL MVP on our show and on our air back in August. Le'Veon Bell of the Pittsburgh Steelers joined us back in August after a preseason game against the New York Giants, and we did talk about the 2014 season and how he was going to and did prepare for the 2014 season in terms of shouldering more of the load for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the running game, and he definitely did that. He almost added a 1,000 yards receiving to his 1,361 yards rushing this season. He led the AFC in rushing in second in the National Football League. Now, he will not play in the Saturday night playoff game for the Steelers against the Baltimore Ravens. But once again, he did join us back in August talking about preparing for the 2014 NFL season. And we mentioned earlier in the first down segment that he did give up his mom's good cooking to lose some weight in terms of getting in better shape. And during this interview, you will know exactly what foods that Le'Veon Bell gave up before the 2014 season to be in better shape and produce one of the best seasons in the backfield in Pittsburgh Steelers history. So enjoy our interview from back in August of Le'Veon Bell of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we will see you on the third down segment as we break down the four games on Wild Card Saturday and Wild Card Sunday. We are pleased to be joined by the running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Le'Veon Bell. And first of all, Le'Veon, thank you so very much for joining us. Uh, how does it feel and how did it feel to be contacted by the opposition instead of your teammates all throughout camp? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a great feeling. Um, go out there and play against somebody different, you know, uh, going against our defense every day. You know, it kind of gets old a little bit, you know, so it's kind of um, good to go out there, hit some new hit some new guys, hit some new color jerseys and, um, you know, get out there and, and get better today. So it was easier going up against uh, the New York Giants uh, the first preseason game than it was going going up against your defense. Yeah, I, I feel like that, you know, because, I mean, um, you know, our defense sees us every day, you know, so they know everything we do. You know, I mean, going against another opponent just gives us a different look, um, you know, have guys uh, really learn what they got to do when they, when they do get a different look and um, know how to respond, you know. So, I mean, I think everybody did a good job today. You know, we just got to clean up some things and, um, you know, get, get back to work next week. Uh, now into uh, your second season, uh, the mentality, is it different a little bit knowing that you are number one on the depth chart instead of coming in last year and kind of acclimating yourself to the league? So mentality a little bit different going into uh, this training camp for this season? Um, no. I mean, I don't have a different mentality. You know, I, I always have the same mentality, you know, do whatever it takes uh, for us to win games. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just a, a guy who likes winning games. You know, I don't really look into um, no roster spots or um, yards or touchdowns. You know, I just get do what I got to do um, to help us win games and get the job done. Uh, once again, Le'Veon Bell joining us and uh, the new uh, running scheme, these more zone blocking uh, techniques that are going to be employed. How comfortable are you with it now and how do you see it developing in the uh, next couple of weeks? Um, I'm pretty comfortable with it. Um, you know, I ran a lot of it in college. Um, as the time go on, um, the offensive line gets better and better with it. You know, I'm obviously going to get more comfortable with it the more and more I run it. You know, so um, it's definitely a good compliment um, to our downhill running style or downhill running schemes. And um, I'm definitely excited for, you know, the blocking schemes and how much better the offensive line and, um, you know, the running backs can get better at it. You know, I mean, because we're going to continue to rep it. Um, and we're only going to get better as time goes on. 
uh, it's been documented that you uh, shed a little bit of weight to uh, uh, carry the load a little bit more and be able to be more comfortable in the uh, zone blocking and the running scheme. How did you actually uh, lose the weight? Just uh, just a little strength training. Just how did you get uh, down to the uh, weight that you're at now? Um, yeah, just uh, you know, eating right, um, you know, dieting, uh, working out. Um, you know, just having a mentality of you know getting to where I wanted to be and. Um, you know, and, and really showing on the field, and, and I feel great um, you know, where I'm at. You know, So um, I think everything's going well, um, and I, I'm going to continue to um, try to get better. Uh, the past few seasons, the Steelers have been known as a, more of a passing team, even though uh, the franchise is known for Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer and Jerome Bettis. Any little pressure being the running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, wearing the black and gold and being the uh, running back for, for the team? Um, I don't look at it as pressure. You know, I mean, if anything, um, you know, I look at it as an honor. You know, I mean, c- coming to this um, organization like the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, and running the ball and, you know, drafting a running back like me last year, you know, it, it's just a, an honor, you know, to play for this organization. You know, so I'm um, just going to try to do what I can, you know, be the best that I possibly can be um, and, and try to, you know, be the next, um, you know, good runner in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, in that diet that you have in terms of eating right and losing a little bit of weight, uh, any uh, food or foods that you cut out that uh, was hard to cut out? Yeah, I had to cut out my, uh, my Reese cups. <laughs> Reese cups were a hard one for me. Um, um, another one was my mom's chicken alfredo. I had to cut that out too. Um, those those are the two biggest things. And obviously, I'm uh, trying to stay away from like um, you know like soda or um, like apple juice is another big one because I love apple juice and um, try just trying to stay with like sugar and um, things like that. And you haven't cheated? Uh, I mean, not when I was when I was training. No, I didn't cheat. I mean, I, now you no, know, I, I might have a little couple cheat days every now and then but uh, when I was training I didn't cheat at all you know I was five weeks strong and uh you know and I'm happy where I am. Le'Veon Bell thank you so very much for joining us best of luck in this 2014 season. Thank you so much sir. And we welcome you back to Down in Distance on a lot of sports talk. Holly Culbertson with me, Adashina Korki, and we are getting ready to make our predictions on third down. Obviously, it's a third down and four, the four playoff games this weekend on Wild Card Weekend, Wild Card Saturday, and Wild Card Sunday. But before we get started with our predictions, uh, we do have to tally up the predictions that we made in the regular season. And although we only picked games for half of the 16 or 17 weeks. Uh, We did eight weeks out of 17 in terms of predictions. Uh, The results are in, and um, I had a pretty decent 30-23-1 record, uh, but someone right next to me lucked out and had a 32-21-1. So um, uh, do you have a rabbit's foot around you? Is there Lucky Charms up there? No, you know what it is, is I know the spoiler games. For some reason, my gut tells me the upset games. I'm like, I'm going for the upset. And, you know, the ones that I have beat you on have been like upset games, like Kansas City beating New England. I picked Kansas City to beat New England. Yeah, you did. No one figured they would. You know, it's it's, it's, yeah. I just, I think I did get lucky with a few. <laughs> I did. No, I got lucky with a few as well, but um, you were able to recover from, I believe, a one in six week or two in six, six week, week. Yeah. in week 13 when I went seven in one in the same week. Uh, but once again, 
somewhat incomplete because we only right. did eight out of 17 That's weeks, true. but I am not one to hold sour grapes. So congratulations <laughs> on your you. regular uh, season trophy. Uh, I will go to some hardware store and choose. I was about to say I was going to um, bring something to yeah, um, bottle of wine always works with uh, me. Fair enough. All right. To kind of christen the uh, new yeah. place that you have which yeah. is where uh, we are at right now. And actually, before I uh, get going, this show doesn't really feel the same without our unofficial mm. mascot, Abby, Abby. our English yeah. Bulldog, French Bulldog uh, mix that docilely, uh, was very docile, I don't know if docilely is a word, uh, <laughs> during uh, her time I miss uh, her too. around. I <laughs> miss right, her too. A so, little uh, inside information, we did have um, uh, a dog uh, <laughs> running around during our shows, uh, but a very well-behaved dog. Uh, for the most part. For the most part. For the most part. <laughs> so she ate uh, all your tissue. Yes, that yeah. happens. <laughs> <laughs> but no tissue eating talk right now. Yeah. We're going to talk about the playoff games, and we're going to start with the two Saturday games. The Arizona Cardinals start us off, and the Carolina Panthers, the game in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Bank of America Stadium, even though the Carolina Panthers impressively won their division in the NFC South with a 7-8-1 and record. Yes, that was sarcasm when I said I they won their um, division impressively. <laughs> but... Ridiculous. But I do have to say to Carolina's credit that there were only four teams in the National Football League that had perfect Decembers. The True. Dallas Cowboys 4-0, the Pittsburgh Steelers 4-0, the Seattle Seahawks 4-0, and the Carolina Panthers were perfect in December. They were 3-8-1 yeah, going into December and ended up finishing 7-8-1 and, and winning the NFC South in the regular season finale, winning in Atlanta to win the NFC South. The first time since the latest realignment in 2002, the first time that the NFC South has had a repeat champion. Carolina last year went 12 and 4. Mm-hmm. This year, Carolina, same trophy, NFC South, but five wins fewer. Yeah. At uh, 7 8 and 1. The Ari- a different team this year. <laughs> yes, a very, very different, different team. team. Yes. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals also made history. They became the first team to have a three game lead in the division with six games left and not win the division. Uh, and the main so reason. I. Surprised by that. Yes. Really uh, surprised by that. Yeah, I think uh, in an earlier show, we mentioned that stat, and I did think, and we both did think, thought that the Cardinals would hold on and win the uh, division. We didn't think that they would be down to their third-string quarterback. Um, Drew Stanton is a game-time decision Decision. with his uh, knee injury. If he doesn't go, Ryan Lindley, who didn't have a terrible game against the San Francisco 49ers in the regular season finale, threw a couple of touchdowns, did throw a couple of interceptions as well. He will get the start for the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals have been carried by the defense Mm -hmm. all season long. And the defense has had to shoulder even more of the burden with the offense uh, not having Carson Palmer, not having Drew Stanton as well. Carolina, even though they have a very subpar record, it's 7-8-1 and one, and have feasted on the NFC South. Uh, they're playing well. They have won all. They did win all four games in December. So you have two teams going in opposite directions. The Cardinals taking on water. The Carolina Panthers taking off. But again, the Cardinals have four more wins on the season than the Carolina Panthers. So in game number one, the Arizona Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers from Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, who do you have? You know, I've been. My decision came like just right now. I'm going with Carolina. 
because they're on an upswing right now. They're playing very good football right now. Um, I, even if Stanton plays for Arizona, he's still going to be hurt. Mm-hmm. He's still going to have problems. Lindley, like you said, had an okay game, but I think Carolina's def- Arizona's defense is amazing, but I just don't think it's going to be enough to beat the upswing that Carolina's on right now. They're home. They're pumped. They're excited. Arizona, I don't know what happened. Well, I know what happened. They're, they lost their quarterbacks, unfortunately. You know, they're just, I just don't think they have the gumption to do it. To do it. I think this is, yeah. I, and I was tossing this around, tossing this around. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Carolina on this. I didn't mean to persuade you, giving you the stats and numbers no. as I was giving no, it to the audience. No, I was, I've been thinking about it all day, about, about the picks that we were going to have. I was like, God, you know, they're, they're about dead even right now as far as maybe Arizona's, or Arizona's defense is better than Carolina's, but I just don't think it's going to be enough. I just don't. And, of course, you have the angle with uh, Cam Newton mm-hmm. uh, getting into an accident um, on the road. <sighs> oh, Cam. And you know, having uh, his back broken, essentially, but was able to come back and uh, lead the Panthers to mm-hmm. a division title. And uh, if Carolina were to win, that story is just going to gain more and more momentum, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of... Well, his back oh. is broken kind of like Romo's like is Romo's. broken. Yeah. yeah, so it's not a bad break. It's yeah. causing him problems. He's going to be sore. I mean, if Arizona wins, the defense has got to knock him out. If he gets knocked out, then Arizona's got this. But I, I just don't see that happening, though. Yeah, it's. I almost believe that there's a magic number in this game, and I believe it's, I want to say 16. If Arizona can hold Carolina to 16 points or fewer, can the Arizona offense get to 17 points with Lindley or Stanton at quarterback? It's a stretch. It is a stretch. But at the same time, you have to hold the Carolina Panthers yeah. to anything under 20 points because it's going to be right tough. Now, I think it's going to be tough. It is going to be tough. Jonathan Stewart for Carolina is running a whole lot better mm-hmm. as well. So Carolina, and you're going to see a lot of the run game. game. You're going to see yeah, a lot of it. Carol, and the main reason why Carolina did such a great job last year, other than the fact that they had a really stout defense, their run game was so lethal mm-hmm. with D'Angelo Williams mm-hmm. and Jonathan Stewart. Those two players have been hurt for most of the year. Cam Newton as well. He's been hurt all year long. Didn't play in Week One right. uh, because of a rib problem. And Derek Anderson in the backup, mm-hmm. who would come in if Cam Newton got knocked no, out. No. Uh, Derek Anderson has won two games, games. for the Carolina and Panthers. Yeah, he's he's a strong you know backup, so I, I just I just don't see Arizona doing it. Yeah, it's it's tough. And what I what we talked about probably about a month and a half ago, a month ago after Carson Palmer got hurt and Drew Stanton came in and they defeated. We were still Arizona believers. Absolutely. We were still believers. (laughs) Able to overcome so much. Stanton did great. And and every time you stacked another problem in front of the Arizona Cardinals and thought that the Cardinals may not overcome it, they would overcome it. It was very galvanizing Mm -hmm. uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. It was almost kind of an us against the world type of mentality. Bruce Arians, such a great coach. He's a candidate for mm-hmm. Coach of the Year yeah, as well. I guess we should have talked about that as well. we'll do that like, Coach week. of the Year. I guess we'll do that next yeah, week. Yeah, we can do that next yeah, week. So, uh, but it's also hard for me too because I haven't made a prediction just yet and I'm going to make a prediction on the fly. My biggest question I have to answer for this game is can the Arizona defense hold Carolina to at most two touchdowns, two scores. Can they? I think they can. I think they can, but, but I don't think they will. The other side of the coin is, can Arizona score 17 points? Can Arizona score 24 points? Arizona's going to have to put up some, big numbers. some numbers. 
they're going to have to put up points. They may not necessarily have to put up numbers. Maybe Arizona will have to force a turnover, score on right. a defensive turnover, and they can or do have that. special teams have special teams come through. And I said it a month and a half ago that Arizona overcomes. True. And it worries me that if Drew Stanton were to come back, even though he has been with the Cardinals, it's almost another quarterback transition. Mm-hmm. Even though you're familiar with the person, you had Lindley in there for two weeks, and now you're going back to Stanton. It's tough, and it's tough for me too. And at the very end of it, and it's not because I want to catch up with you on the picks. I'm that's going, part of it. Admit it. Okay, come yeah, on, that's no. part Just of be, it. Just be real. For one <laughs> last time. It's true. Fine, fair enough. Fair enough. For one last time. I'm going to be an Arizona Cardinal believer. Alrighty. And I'm going to, and I love Carolina's momentum. I really love yeah. Carolina's momentum. But for one last time, I'm going to pick Bruce Arians and his Kangol hat after the games, and I'm going to trust Todd Bowles' defense that they can hold Carolina's offense down, even though they have the momentum. So I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals Alrighty. Uh, in this game. I'm, on a scale of one to ten, how sure am I? Probably a four. Yeah. Um, but well, you know, my Carolina pick, I'm only about a five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, both of these teams. Well, don't well let me be both, real here. Both of these teams don't necessarily breed confidence, no. and, it's, <laughs> they and it just so happens that they play each other. So yeah. one of them has it's to win. It's a tough. Win. It's a yeah. Whatever has to win, which one do we think will pull it off? Yeah. Speaking of tough games, all these games are tough. But in terms of physicality, mm. in terms of nastiness, in terms of bad blood, you're going to love Saturday night, the second play off game the Baltimore Ravens the Pittsburgh Steelers mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh Pittsburgh won the AFC South but two things happened when they won the AFC South a they ended up drawing their blood rival the Ravens a team that always gives them fits and vice versa and two in that game against Cincinnati to win the AFC South Le'Veon Bell Hurt his knee. Mm -hmm. Extended his knee on a hit by Reggie Nelson of the Cincinnati Bengals. He is also a game time decision. Reports are that he's doubtful. Uh, I read a a report at least earlier in this week. I read a report today that he was working out today. He was working out today. So uh, they 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 didn't say anything out. They just said he was looking good and working out today. Regardless, he's not going to be a hundred percent for the game, and that could possibly swing things. In favor mm. of the Ravens, could possibly, possibly, yeah, I'm not possibly. saying that it will. Uh, so you have the Ravens, you have the Steelers, you have Joe Flacco and Ben Roethlisberger, two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Ben Roethlisberger has a couple of Super Bowl rings. Joe Flacco has the most road wins of any playoff quarterback since 1950. Six of them. He does well in the playoffs. Does well in the playoffs. Yes, he does, does great on the road. He is 0-2 on the road in the playoffs against the Pittsburgh Steelers, yes. even though he is a Super Bowl and is a great quarterback on the road. Ravens, Steelers, Saturday night. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. And uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how sure are you of, on that? Eight. Okay. I'm pretty okay. confident. I'm pretty confident with, with this. Yeah, Bell, even with Bell. Not being 100%. And, yeah, not being 100%. I... Roethlisberger's doing really well, and they can count on his arm to win that game. So, and I think they will. Um, Baltimore, they've been winning, but barely. They've had really close games. They've been kind of in, up and down this season. Um, they don't usually play that great against Pittsburgh, um, just over the years. Yeah. Um, I don't. I just my guts tell my guts telling me Pittsburgh 
is going to win this round. Yeah, at least on the road, it's been harder for the Baltimore Ravens yeah. to do against Pittsburgh. But yeah. both of these teams have had their great moments and against each other. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be whose arm can beat out the other yeah. with this this game. And I like uh, the Ravens' offense with Justin Forsett mm-hmm. uh, running much better. And, of course, after the whole situation with Ray Rice, uh, what was the mm-hmm. running game going to look like? Bernard Pierce didn't really the step running up. Game, the running game has been pretty, yeah. pretty yeah, solid. Yeah, Justin Forsett yeah. has done very well over a thousand yards mm-hmm. I believe this season uh, Joe Flacco as I said and, and a lot of people should know is a money quarterback in the playoffs he is he is a money quarterback this is going to be playoffs. a close game I think this is going to be one of the best games of the playoffs is this game oh, absolutely. I, mean, I, I can't I wait to watch this game it's going to be really good and it's going to go down to the end um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way whoever wins um, it's going to be really close yeah. So, but I'm going with it Boy, and uh, with the Baltimore Ravens winning the way they did at the very end of the season with having to have San Diego lose to mm-hmm. Kansas City, which happened, and then the Ravens overcoming the... Really you know, well, uh, the Chargers did have second stringers all along the offensive yeah, line. that's true. And when you go up against... Uh, true, Justin true. Houston and Tom yeah. Bahali. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, that was a bad. Agreed. That was a bad matchup, and uh, Kansas City did win, even though Alex Smith didn't play. Uh, Baltimore almost has a second lease on life, and not only mm. do they have a second lease on life, they're playing their enemy, the Pittsburgh right. Steelers. The, the in worst. So, so that's a really big rivalry. It's there. a huge rivalry, and um, at the very end of it. This Le'Veon Bell injury and he not being 100%, I have to trust Le'Veon Bell being full go. And if he was, I would have picked the Steelers. Mm. As it stands, I'm going to go with the road team again. And I'm going Mm. to go with the uh, Baltimore Ravens in this uh, matchup. I am. I am. And again, it's not because I just want to catch up with you um, in the picks. But I do want to... Uh, and will pick the uh, Baltimore Ravens. It's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great I game. I can't wait to watch yeah, this game. He's the one I'm so all week. I'm like, why am I so excited about this game? But I th- think it's just going to be a great football game. It is. It so is. I'm excited uh, about it. A lot of people are feeling that way in Cincinnati and Indianapolis, but maybe not nationally. The Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> and the Indianapolis Colts <laughs> really start the playoffs on Sunday. In a way, the loss by the Cincinnati Bengals may have been a good thing because if they had won, they would have played the Baltimore. Ravens and have a matchup in the playoffs against a division opponent that knows them very well. But at the same time, the Bengals are playing a team Mm -hmm. that knows Cincinnati very well. As a matter of fact, shut them out in week seven, 27 to nothing. That being the Indianapolis Colts, who at that time, their defense wasn't doing that bad. But since then, their defense has taken a turn for the worst and Mm -hmm. they have allowed 600 yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They allowed 500 yards against the Dallas Cowboys, lost 42-7. to So the last few games, they have not looked very impressive mm-hmm. against playoff caliber teams. They lost to the Eagles earlier on this season, but then after that, after no one to start, they turned it on, did very well, and then at the end of the season didn't necessarily look too impressive, at least against teams uh, that are of playoff caliber, but they are at home. They shut out the Bengals 27 to nothing, only held them to 171 yards in that Week 7 game, and there is the factor 
of Andy Dalton in primetime and the playoffs. He has trouble we with that. We know that history with playoffs yeah, and primetime He games. doesn't like bright lights, I think. I think it hurts his vision or no, something. No. I don't know what it is. Yeah, um, this is Dracula. This is probably the easiest pick of, of, of the playoff games. Andy's got this. It, Andrew Luck is going to walk all over that defense. He, it's just His arm is just going to go and go. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. For Indy, I think this is the only game Indy's going to win in the playoffs, but just predicting out there for the future. But, um, yeah, I, I'm going with Indy on this. The Week 7 game against the uh, between the Colts and the Cincinnati Bengals was very interesting because the Indianapolis Colts defense played lights out. Andy mm-hmm. Dalton didn't play well. None mm-hmm. of the Bengals played very, very well. The biggest difference in between that game in Week 7 and right now is the emergence of Jeremy Hill, the running back for the Cincinnati Bengals, True. who is a hard-charging running back. He He's a good running back. feature back. Back in Week 7, it was Giovanni Bernard. Yep. But Jeremy Hill, this season, has done well. done well, over 1,100 mm-hmm. yards. And I think he makes a big difference and takes the pressure off of Andy Dalton a lot. He does. And then when you have Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard in the backfield, Hill can pound in between the mm-hmm. tackles. Giovanni Bernard can uh, oh, catch the ball out of the backfield. Yeah. And Cincinnati is going to score points against Indy's defense because Indy's defense, as I said, is eh. Um, but I don't think Cincinnati's defense is going to stop luck. I just don't. I, I just don't see it. Yeah. Jeremy Hill ended the season with three consecutive 100-yard games. He had 148 mm-hmm. against the Browns. He, he had, had an amazing one, game against the yeah, Browns. 148. Then on Monday night, 147 mm-hmm. yards against the Denver Broncos on Monday night in a win. Rushed for 100 yards even against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, uh, but remember, finale. all those defenses are not really good at stopping the run. Browns, Broncos, and the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Not necessarily yeah. the best uh, of defenses, but at the same time, uh, Jeremy Hill has really come on. Yeah, and, he has. No, no, don't. Ta- I'm not taking anything away from him. Defense is that good? No, no, no. That's why I said <laughs> since he's going to score points, yeah. and it, but Dalton tends to choke in these primetime games. I just, I, I just don't see them stopping Luck. I mean. I just don't. And right now, A.J. Green is going through concussion protocol mm-hmm. as well and has to pass that before he can play. And that's that's going to be a well. big factor. If, if Green's not playing, that's going to hurt a uh, lot. A whole lot. A whole lot. Um, and uh, Andy Dalton's going to have to do more and or the running game is going mm-hmm. to have to do more. Which is so. a lot to put on since he, when they can't play well yes. in those primetime games. It is, it is true, but the could. The conditions are controlled. Mm-hmm. It's a dome. It does help. And yeah. Dalton doesn't have the strongest arm. And when you put him out in the elements yeah. in December and January and play uh, playoff games, that usually is a detriment to Andy Dalton. Outside of the fact that it's a playoff game and it, or it's a night right. game and uh, right. he just has trouble with that. Um, so you have the Colts, and I think Jeremy Hill makes a difference for Cincinnati. They run the ball. They control the clock. They take pressure off of Andy Dalton. If A.J. Green plays, that is even more of a plus for the Cincinnati Bengals. They do have other targets as well. Mohamed Sanu, the mm-hmm. former Rutgers quarterback as well, has done well. I know Jermaine Gresham, the tight end for Cincinnati, has been battling um, an injury as well. He's also a game-time decision, but if he plays, that's another target. Uh, as I said, Jeremy Hill uh, is the difference maker. If Cincinnati can pound the rock against the Indianapolis Colts, which is very possible, and um, 
wow, I must love going on the road. Um, You're going with Cincinnati. Three games, three teams. I do like Cincinnati's run game a whole lot more than Week 7. I think Cincinnati's a different team. No. Different team with a different style of play. They are, because they are focusing it around him. They're focusing it around him. I don't think think they have to focus on um, Andy Dalton and have him do – what he has to do to win games, right? Uh, or just put him in a better position to win. Not, right, not to say right. that. Let's see what happens. Yeah, not to say that Dalton was put in a bad position last year against San Diego, but he just did not play well and has not played well no. in the playoffs. And no. that it's scary. It's very scary. Yeah. But you think of the Colts; they won the playoff game last year, but had to come back from what a twenty-seven That's point true. That's deficit, true. twenty-eight That's point true. deficit to do so. But and the Chiefs had that game won. Yeah, but the, if if. The Colts do get into that situation against NC. Andrew Luck is the guy to bring him back. Yes. So he's very good at the comeback. Very he's true. Very good at very, the comeback. Very true. But I guess the only difference is if Indianapolis were to be put in that position and have to come back from a two-score, three-score deficit, Cincinnati has the offense to grind the clock. Kansas City didn't because Jamal yeah. Charles got hurt. hurt. That's true. Then the backup now then Davis got, got hurt. hurt. That's uh, true. And then you have Andy Reid's play calling. So, um, well, well, yeah. <laughs> you ask Eagles fans yeah. uh, about his play calling <laughs> games, and they can tell you everything yeah. about why that is a detriment to whatever team Andy Reid coaches. Right. Uh, but – I do think if Cincinnati were to get a jump on the Indianapolis Colts, and you're right, Andrew Luck has this certain magic. He does, especially at home. He really does. He Mm -hmm. really does. Are you tired? Yeah. yeah. Always tired. Are you kidding? Always tired. That was a yawn, folks. It was. I was trying not to yawn. No, don't worry about it. It happens. But um, uh, hopefully this game is not a yawner. No, let's Uh, hope not. Yes, uh, I do. I don't want boring playoff games. Boring playoff games. It's like, it's it's okay in the regular season. There's a few games that are boring because you can find another one that's good. But. Playoffs are kind of limited. Let's like, come on, make it a good game. Exactly. Guys. So I have Cincinnati. Uh, okay. we'll, well, Detroit and Dallas, the last uh, game of the playoffs. I think we're boring. gonna. I, no, I don't think it's gonna be boring. But I think we're both gonna agree that Dallas has got this. Okay. Okay. See your stars. Look at your crystal ball and say, "Oh yeah, yeah. we're gonna pick." I think. Uh, oh come uh, on. Yes, you are. Well, you start off with your opinion on the game, and I'll have. I'm, I'm picking Dallas. Um, one because they're on a roll. They're on an extreme roll, and I don't think they're going to come down off this high that they're on. Um, they have a – their offense is just better. Their offensive line is better. Their running game is better. Defense, you know, Detroit, they've got an amazing defense, so they, they could give Romo some, some issues, but uh, that offensive line is just stellar. I just don't see the defense getting after Romo that much, and if Romo has all the time in the world, they win the game. And they've got an amazing running back. Uh, it's just it's just all in Dallas's favor <laughs> aren't you worried and I think I'm worried aren't you worried that we've been on the air for four months now and look I don't even like Dallas I was about I'm to, picking well, Dallas exactly don't you worry about that that you picked against Dallas or thought Dallas was going to no. choke and then they didn't now you extol their well because I mean <laughs> like, I'm watching their, their game all year I mean come on look if they were typical Dallas then I'd be like alright no I'm not picking Dallas I'm going with Detroit you're not worried that typical Dallas shows up in the playoffs I don't think so not I just not with the way they've been playing overall I just don't I mean you know when they've played in December before they've been up and down or they've just blown it you know it, it, they haven't played that way this year at all it's it's like a whole new team. It's different. The Dallas Cowboys are totally different. And, you know, I'll admit it. I'm not a Dallas fan, but I'll admit it. They're a different team, and they're a good team. 
and they're better than Detroit. Okay. Well, if you were going to watch a game or anyone was going to watch a game and not necessarily focus on the skill position players, uh, this is the game to watch because mm-hmm. you want to see Dallas's offensive line against the the Detroit Lions defensive line with Nick Fairley, with Indominus Sue, uh, well, will be playing I, I, oh. after the appeal was won by Indominus Sue. Uh, the NFL did something completely wrong <laughs> again. The, right. uh, of course, if you didn't know, Indominus Sue uh, was suspended for a game for his uh, stomp, a lot of people would say, but for stepping on uh, Aaron Rodgers. And it appeared to look intentional but it's mm. hard to really read the intentions um of Indomitian Sue there oh uh, like, like he doesn't have a history of doing and, stuff and like that's that the thing. fined or suspended for nine <laughs> separate incidents on the field yeah. and of course when we heard the suspension initially I wasn't shocked wasn't I was shocked like, at I was like, okay, good, he deserves it. his history even yeah. though the NFL explained that his past history at the time didn't play a role no, in the suspension, which, again, uh, we just heard that, read that, and thought that's a load of whatever. Uh, but then, the on appeal, uh, his suspension was commuted, and he was fined $70,000, and it was this very convoluted rule that got him yeah. uh, out of jail, essentially, mm-hmm. where um, essentially your slate is wiped clean, if you do not commit a player safety violation in a 32-game stretch, and that includes two preseason games, and it just so happens that the last time he committed a player safety violation, it was week one of last season against the Minnesota Vikings. If you add up all of the games after that, including two preseason games, the game against the Green Bay Packers was game number 33. 32, three. And it was BS. 32 BS. games exactly that had passed BS. since that last player safety uh, violation. So that was game 33 he played. So he literally got away got by away the skin it. of his teeth he in did. terms of a suspension. Got away uh, yeah. scot-free in terms of a suspension, but a hefty $70,000 fine, believe Which me. Which he doesn't care about. Who knows? We can't. We're not in the mind of Indomitian Sue, but if, if we were $70,000 lighter... Um, <laughs> we he does this either. all the time. This is not something new for him. I mean, Obviously. he's he's he just plays dirty, always has. I don't think it's ever going to change, and he'll just keep on doing it because he gets away with it. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> that, but as we uh, try to uh, state at the very beginning, it's going to be great to watch the Detroit yeah. Lions defensive line against the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. Also, something that's going against the Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford has had a pretty decent mm-hmm. career. But he has played 16 games on the road against winning teams. Mm-hmm. Can you guess his record in those 16 games? Isn't it like two or three? Close. Zero. Zero oh, wow. and 16. Matthew really? Stafford is. And the Lions, when he starts on the road against he... teams with winning records. I... Zero. Oh, oh, winning records. Winning records. Oh, okay. Winning records. So that's that just is... road games in general. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then Matthew I guess. Oh. record against teams with winning records on the road. Hasn't oh. won a game yet. Okay. Well, I think that's going to continue. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that stat. Yeah. Yeah. Zero. Zero, mm-hmm. zero, zero, and 16 well. against teams with winning records on the road. And I do like the Lions. I really do like the Lions. Uh, oh, I, I'm not against them. I mean, Calvin I just don't Johnson's, think they're going to do it. Calvin Johnson's healthy. If... 
the Dallas Cowboys secondary, again, the defense is better, but not great. If I guess if the Lions of two, three, four years ago showed up where they just threw the ball all over the field and could have Calvin Johnson get 200 yards receiving, Golden Tate 100-plus yards receiving, Reggie Bush out of the backfield as well. If the Lions offense of two, three years ago showed up, with the defense of this year, I would give the Lions a great chance oh, yeah. uh, to win the game. And if the Lions' offense all of a sudden woke up from their slumber uh, on Sunday, I would give the Lions a great chance. But given that and that said, uh, it's hard to pick the Cowboys. It's pick against the Cowboys. Yes. It's hard to pick against the Cowboys. Yes. And, um, yes, you did gaze into your crystal ball, and you were mm-hmm. correct that I was going there to pick Dallas. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys in the game, which if the Dallas Cowboys win – as the three seed, they would go to Lambeau Field and face the number game. two seed Green Bay Packers. And then you have the Carolina Panthers going up against the number one seed, the Seattle Seahawks. And they're going to get clobbered. In Seattle. Who knows? <laughs> and uh, in, your, in your AFC uh, playoffs, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers winning and the Steelers are the number three seed, so they would face the Denver Broncos in Denver um, if that were to happen. That's going to be a good Steelers game. Win. If that, that would be a good happen. game if that happened. And you have the Colts winning, and they are the four seed. You would have them go to New England. Yeah, and they're going to lose. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so then for myself... I said that's the only game, and he's going to win in the playoffs. So, so then and for myself, I have the Arizona Cardinals uh, winning, and I also have the uh, Dallas Cowboys winning. So I have Dallas going to Green Bay. And I would have the Arizona Cardinals going on the road and taking on Seattle. Uh, I have the Baltimore Ravens winning. The Ravens are the sixth seed. If the Ravens do win that game, they would go to New England. And, well, in the past five years... The Ravens and the Patriots have played three times in the playoffs, all at Foxborough. The Ravens That's are 2-1. 2-1. Two two That's They're true. 2-1. The They're... only game they met, the only... Um, Hey, look. The only game they lost was when Billy Cundiff missed a 33-yard field goal and sent it to overtime. That's right. You are correct on that. So the Ravens, if any team can go into Foxborough yeah. and win, but the Ravens aren't. Twice. Yeah, but the Ravens aren't the same. Yeah, but they aren't the same team as they were when they beat them before. But they have Joe Flacco. That's true. And we'll so I would have Baltimore going up against New England. Then I would have Cincinnati going on the road and taking on the Denver Broncos as mm. well, which would be. No, uh, I, I wouldn't have too much faith in no. Andy Dalton going no. on the road against uh, Denver and no. its defense uh, as well. But we'll see what happens. Those are our predictions. Uh, we agree on Dallas. We disagree with Carolina and Arizona. You have Carolina. Uh, actually, we disagree on three team, three games. You have the home team in all three games: Carolina, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis. I have the road team in the three games: Arizona. Baltimore and Cincinnati. So that's our third down segment, our playoff predictions. And now off to our fourth down segments. And it deals with somewhat with the Arizona Carolina game. Now, of course, the Arizona Cardinals have four more wins than the Carolina Panthers, though the Carolina Panthers are the team that hosts because they are the division winner. So it's going to be a pretty simple uh, fourth down and I'm going to ask you that within the next couple of years, not necessarily what your opinion on it is, okay. but in the next two years, so before the 2016 playoffs, before the 2016 playoffs, the NFL will change its rule and have home teams and have teams host 
home games based on record alone instead of whether you won your division or not, which, if that was the case, then Arizona would be at home against the Carolina Panthers. So my question to you on fourth down is not necessarily what your opinion on it is, and you can share your opinion on it, but do you think the NFL, and it's happened before with the Saints having to go on the road and face the Seattle Seahawks when the Seahawks were 79 and the Seahawks won the game, will the NFL within two years change its rule on who hosts playoff games and make it more because of record, at least in the first round, instead of who wins the division. So do you go for it? Will the NFL eventually change its rule in two years? Or will the NFL stand pat by the 2016 playoffs? I'm going to punt. They're, n- they're going to stay. I don't think they'll change the rule. What do you think? What, 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 do you th- what would you do? do, you, would you I, do? I, I wouldn't leave it. I would base it on record. I would base it on record. I think it's more... F- fair to be honest with you because i mean you've got carolina winning their division with not so great record yeah right and that really to me just isn't kind of fair you know they didn't earn i mean they earned it but they had a division with bad teams so okay i guess they earned it but I, I do think it should be based on record i mean because these teams have played hard they deserve to have the advantage with a great record. Um, you know, Arizona, I think, would have a better shot at winning if they were home. Yeah, I absolutely. really do. I mean, every team has a better shot at winning when they're home. They've got the crowd behind them. They've got every everything behind them. They're, they're just more pumped up when they're home. Um, but I don't think the NFL will change it. You know, I think the NFL will eventually change it. I don't I think, think it'll be will. in the two years. Uh, I, I, They'll change everything else. They might change it. They <laughs> might change it in two years, given the fact that this has happened a couple of times recently, two yeah. times, three times, where teams with better records have to go on the road to take on a division winner. Mm-hmm. I think eventually it'll happen. Do I think it'll happen within two years? I think if Carolina were to win on Saturday, mm. it might change within two years. Okay. If, if Carolina were to win, and then you look back and go, "Oh, these losing teams." won their home playoff okay. games, is it fair enough? Arizona were to win. They may not do I it. don't think they'll do it that expeditiously. Just yeah, no, you make a good point there. If Carolina were to win, and then you look back and go, well, Seattle won, and Carolina won. Mm-hmm. And All these home teams won. Uh, yeah, that had inferior records compared to the road mm-hmm. team that went into their yeah. building, especially when you consider Seattle. No matter if Seattle's 12-4 and four or 4-12, and 12, if you play a road game, in that building, yeah. regardless of what Seattle team is there, that changes a lot. <laughs> Nobody wins in Seattle. Very rarely do they win in Seattle. It changes a lot, even if a Seahawks team is 7-9. and nine, nine. And, you, and you saw what happened with to, that Marshawn Lynch yeah, run. It, it, um, it's, it's hard to play in Seattle. It's hard to play in Seattle. And if Carolina were to win mm-hmm. and defeat Arizona, you would have a team with four fewer wins defeating a team that for most of the season was the – team with the best record in the NFC and still had four more wins than the Carolina Panthers, but you can look back and say, well, Carolina having home field advantage did have an effect in who won the game and who did win the game. Carolina's probably going to be, or Charlotte's going to probably be pretty cold in Arizona. It's going to be a dome, not necessarily a dome, but they'll close the roof. It'll be controlled conditions. It could favor Arizona more. So if Carolina were to win I would say they would change it within two years. Because if Carolina were to win, right. they would change it within two years and say, well, 
what if this happens next year? And then it happens again that the team with the inferior record, but one of the division, wins its home game against a team with a superior record. record. Do we want to continue this? Yeah. Um, but if- I mean, I get. I mean, I, I don't know. I just NFL doesn't seem to move fast enough with, when it comes to fairness. Um, at least this last couple years. I mean, just overall, they change rules that aren't completely fair. You know, it's a different play. You know, it's a different offenses and defenses. I believe it should be changed. I should. I think it's more fair, um, but I just don't see the NFL doing it in two years. I don't. Yeah, I, I, I think it's based on who wins yeah, on we'll see. Uh, Saturday with Arizona and Carolina. If Carolina were to win again, now you have a trend. Yeah, true. Now you have a trend. True. Now you have a trend. I mean, they, they eventually changed overtime. Yeah, And the did. rules in overtime, which I hate. Oh, they're um, stupid. I hate. I hate so much. So I'd, rather have, I'd much rather have sudden death. Yes, uh, me too. That yeah, it's I'd much rather have sudden death that. Yeah. than have oh, it's not sudden death unless the team with the ball first scores. It's actually really, really yeah. su- scores a touchdown. Then it's sudden death. death. And then if they score a touchdown, how come you don't give the other team a chance to score a touchdown? Right, exactly. It's a, yeah. <laughs> and I, I go back to that Denver Seattle game, mm. uh, which was earlier this season. The Broncos were down twenty to five mm-hmm. in Seattle, tied the game at twenty. Mm-hmm. They had all the momentum. Right. Seattle won the toss, scored a touchdown, the game was over. No, Why would you give Denver the ball? Well, <laughs> right. Gotta get yeah, I think you have to give it both ways. Yeah, yeah. I don't like the overtime rules at all. Yeah, the tor- it's basically if you don't get them on a three and out, you have no shot of winning. It's just tough. about so essentially what they said was no, we don't want the winner of the game dependent on the coin toss, but you still have a big element of the coin toss determining mm-hmm. the winner. And if one team scores a touchdown on the first possession, let the other team have, have the ball. A, at least have a shot at doing <laughs> right. it. Right. Let them have the ball. Okay. Give them a shot. Yeah. So I've. Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. And uh, that'll be a fourth down. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, hopefully that different week will be next week when we hopefully will be uh, breaking down the uh, divisional playoff round. And if we aren't around to talk about the divisional playoffs, believe me, we'll be around for the Super Bowl for oh, yeah. sure, for absolutely sure. Uh, but we thank you so very much for joining us for the wild card round edition of Down and Distance on a lot of sports talk. We've made it to the playoffs. And uh, before we sign out, it has been a very special year on a lot of sports talk and a lot of sports talk.com. And one of the things that has made it special has been this show, which we have produced since the very beginning of the season, well, late September, early October. And um, I never really thought that this was going to happen. I didn't know if we were going to have the time to do it and go on location and travel to set this up and talk football. But uh, for you to be around Holly Culbertson and uh, be a part of a lot of sports talk, I have to put up a bio on your page officially. <laughs> um, I do. So uh, send me a headshot or two. Okay. Um, Get them off Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, this, honestly, this is one of the stories, shows, programs that we have done on the website that has been such a success and I honestly can't thank you enough. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, no, no problem. And also... Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. <laughs> right, yes. Uh, our apologies. We didn't have a uh, glass of wine uh, right here yeah, on the table right. to celebrate. Okay, that'll be uh, off the air. Yeah, there uh, you go. But um, again, uh, thank you so very much, Holly, for being a part of our website, being a part of our show, and being a part of our lives. 
thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Uh, So with those uh, sentiments uh, shared and out of the way now, and we mean it, uh, we also mean that we're going to end this show right now. But uh, thank you so very much for joining us. We will see you on a later edition of Down in Distance. Thank you so much once again for Holly Culbertson. My name is Adeshina Koiki. Enjoy the wild card round playoff games and also enjoy the royalty free music. Thank you so very much for joining us and you take care. Bye bye.